0: The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scalley and Robbie Dowling brought to you by KCLR and Scoreline.ie. It's a Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week myself, Robbie Dowling and former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally cast our eye over all the action from the weekend senior intermediate and junior league and championship games in Kilkenny as well as looking ahead to the next round of action but there is no longer a next round of action to look forward to in the Kilkenny championships anyway because of course on Sunday old Lachlan Gales ended their seven-year way to be crowned Kilkenny Senior Hurling Champions when they defeated six in a row chasing Ballyhale Shamrocks by 20 points to 19 in a trilling final in UPMC in Olin Park. To look back on that game I'm delighted to say that I am joined in studio as always by Eddie Scally. Eddie how are you on this Tuesday recording on a Tuesday because of course it is a bank holiday weekend.
1: Yeah no look absolutely brilliant Um Robbie had a Great weekend. Um, obviously, unfortunately, I lost the race meeting in Wexford at the weekend, so I lost two days racing. But yeah. it's an ill wind. I got to go to see the county final instead, <laughs> so it was happy days. I thought my season was over. I thought I was gone with the hamstring, but I, I got away with it. <laughs> no, um,
0: so. br- yeah, brilliant work, of course, by yourself and the whole team on Sunday and throughout the championship and the league. I have to say, but uh, the game itself, then, Eddie. Uh, Initial thoughts, I suppose, in the aftermath of it. Now that we've, it's had
1: a little bit of time to rest, especially. Yeah, look, it, it lifted up the expectations, you know, and and sometimes these big games don't do that. You know, you you kind of you, you build up towards a, a climax of a season, and sometimes it can be a total anti-climax. Um, it was it was the exact opposite. If anything, I'd say this game ended up being more exciting than I expected it to be and I expected it to be exciting like we, we all felt it was going to be a really really tight tense affair and it was the low scoreline 20 points to 19 I had said that I felt O'Loughlin Gales would have to tighten up at the back and restrict mm. Shamrocks because the fear you had with O'Loughlin Gales was that they, they mightn't be able to get you the 30 points to, to win a game but you know if they could keep Shamrocks Ballyhale at bay that they, you know, they'd have a much better chance of winning the game but it just, it just had everything um, The excitement There was a big crowd They were all paying for it Like you know The, the players were being driven on But the, the intensity And the hits In the game Was like Nothing I'd ever witnessed It's been years Since I've seen a game like it Really? But it really was. Did it,
0: was did it um, overtake the Ballyhale Shamrocks and Dixborough game earlier in the year in the quarterfinal?
1: It did. Um, it, for me it did. The Bally, like you look back on the Shamrocks game against the Dixborough, it was a really exciting match. It was two and four in. It was quite similar to, to Sunday. But, but what I would say was I felt Dixborough matched Shamrocks, Ballyhale and Hurling but couldn't ma- match them in physicality. Okay. Shamrock's Ballyhale were matched in hurling and physicality by O'Loughlin Gales O'Loughlin Gales were extremely physical from the first minute and Shamrock's Ballyhale normally dictate that type of a battle in a game they didn't get to do that on, on Sunday as much so that was the key thing f- for the game for me and that was the biggest component of the game that made it a better game for me um, than, than the last day it was just that, that intense type of a battle and the other thing I will say is and I've had this conversation with a couple of people since the game in in Herland now and in most sports now, backs are very loose. You know, they're, they're, so you end up with these chronic scorelines like 3.22 and 3.23 and if you look back at players like say if you talk to Ronnie about it when he was hurling and stuff the old adjective was the lad at centre back got the ball and he bombed it down into the two lads in the corner yeah. and the corner back and corner forward just went at it hammering tongs and whoever won the ball got the score or got the clearance and that was hurling in its old vices but now you have much more short games working through the lines the whole lot but what you did have on Sunday was matchups physical you're taking him and you know for example, example, Dara Corcoran and Conor Heary. Like, that was an intense battle. It wasn't one of the ones that we predicted beforehand, but that was like, it was crazy stuff. Mm. Oh, and Gales were obviously trying to target Dara because he's inexperienced at fullback, but Dara Corcoran stood up and, you know, matched that. That was Shamrock's Ballyhale, again, not conceding a goal. They haven't conceded one goal in the knockout championship. Mm. We talk about Ballyhill's forwards, we never talk about their backs. No goal conceded in the championship. So that was one. The other one, obviously the one that we were all waiting for and... Salivating at the mouth, thinking about it was Mikey Butler and Adrian Mullen. And that, you know, who won that battle? You know, like, you know, Adrian Mullen got a couple of points, and um, Mikey Butler worked damn hard. I I had it as a draw, I think the two of them nullified each other. Um, you know, Mikey didn't have a major influence on the game, but neither did Adrian. So, uh, uh, you know, Mikey will take it does as a Mikey win. Mikey not win it then? He does, but Adrian got two points. I'd say marginally, maybe Mikey won the battle on it, but I think. It's, it's not that Adrian didn't have an influence. He just didn't have his usual massive influence on the game. Mm. And that comes down to Mikey Butler. But again, when I say 50-50 battle, maybe Mikey edged it. He obviously edged it. It was a one-point win. But it was them little battles that won the game for them.
0: That half forward line, half back line battle that was discussed so much... How did that pan out in the end? Was it a straight half-forward line versus half-back line or were there a lot of interchanging of positions and it didn't really come to
1: anything in the end? Um, Well, no. Mikey Butler man-marked Adrian Mullen. That was (coughs) straight out. Um, In fairness to the Hoagie and and, and the O'Loughlin Gales they'd obviously really done their homework and they'd planned for a load of eventualities. Like Paddy Deegan played centre-back and stayed there at centre-back for the game. Like He played as an out-and-out number six and he held that role. I had wondered if TJ went to midfield would Paddy drift up with him but he didn't and it looked to me a bit like what they'd done with TJ Reid was they'd took it in turns America so Paddy Deegan was on him for a little bit David Fogarty picked him up for a while Jordan Malloy picked him up for a while you know they actually Rife, Yeah, which I thought was really clever as well because what it didn't allow TJ to do was establish the player he's on and, and, and work him out and and then doing what he normally does and take him to the cleaners yeah. he was only getting comfortable on somebody and next thing somebody else was on him and I thought that was I presume it was by design it wasn't coincidental that these lads kept switching and that was the, the obvious one there um, on the other side then Owen Cody Jordan Malloy you know did spend a lot of time kind of in around that area yeah. too it was it was kind of a hard one to follow because Hale played with two men inside in the full forward line as we expected and um, Kennedy came out and played in midfield but he actually played as an out-and-out midfielder Liam Barron moved into the half-forward line if you get me and was on David Fogarty's side but it was so it was so interesting all around the field like you look at something and you get a handle on something that's happening over on the left-hand side of the field and next thing you look over to right and when you look back again there could be five position switches there's no positions in Hurling anymore there literally isn't
0: yeah no it's a a fair point Uh, look we'll go into further detail on on the game as the podcast uh, goes on but I was just thinking as you were speaking there Eddie I think since 2018 the Shamrocks have lost two knockout games yeah, and I am I stand to be corrected but I I think I have it right here the 2022 all Ireland final to Cunner, Harry Ruddle scores a goal with literally the last puck of the ball and obviously on Sunday Paddy Deegan more or less it wasn't the exact last play but the la- near enough the last uh, point anyway in the last puck of the ball Paddy Deegan gets a score and they lose both games by a point did O'Loughlin's in a very different approach mirror image what Bally Gunner did to the Shamrocks last year in terms of sticking in it right till the death and then when the opportunity comes however big or small that opportunity is taking it and grasping it with both hands
1: they did um, like it was vital for them to stay in the game because about 10 minutes into the second half 15 minutes into the second half it looked like Shamrocks were going to pull away Yeah, they went two points up And you kind of thought, here we go. There was a sense of the inevitable. But to be fair, O'Loughlin Gale stuck in it. They kept pulling back that Mm -hmm. point. They kept bringing it back to a one-point game. Bring it back, bring it back. So that was vital. The other thing that was vital, and it was very, very obvious, and this is the, you know, we've spoke about it, but this is the first time it really came home to roost. Shamrocks have lost seven players this year from their championship team from last year. Seven players. And all year they got away with it. You know, they, they managed to dig out wins, to beat Dixborough, comfortable win against James Stevens. They just got away with it. On Sunday, Shamrocks, when that game was in the melting pot, O'Loughlin Gales were able to introduce three subs. Two of the three subs that came onto the field scored. They contributed to the scoreboard with points. Shamrocks Ballyhale brought on no sub in a county final in a melting pot with 10 or 11 minutes to go. And to me, it was the panel that won O'Loughlin Gales that championship it was the panel that won O'Loughlin Gales that match on Sunday and it was something that was so evident before the game when we were talking to our expert analysts every one of our expert analysts predicted O'Loughlin Gales to win it by a one score game did, incredibly and every one of them said it was their bench that was going to do it for them and that's how it turned out and it's and easy to say There were it.
0: four of you I know, I know on, on live, on air it was said that was three but you obviously predicted O'Loughlin to win as well so it was yourself Mark Dowling Eddie Doyle and um
1: Brian, Brian Dowling, Dowling
0: yeah. of course, so and Taggy as well, and t- so five of you, all thought Lockins would win. So obviously, you know something first of all, which is great to know. But uh, that that was the key reason why was it because they have that strength and depth that maybe yeah.
1: the Shamrocks don't have. Well, this is it, you know. Like it, it was the strength and depth. It was that they had that. You know, it's freshness coming off the bench. Shamrocks have always had that. They've always had, and I'm not knocking the Shamrocks bench, but obviously Pat Hoban and his management team felt the players on the field were more likely. To get it and dig it out.
0: Was it? They would argue. though, know, I think it was last year's either Leinster final or all in semi-final. I don't think they brought on anybody.
1: Yeah, it can happen in games. They did. You know, like I mean, in fairness, it can happen in games that you don't need to. Yeah. Like it was. A, it was a different kind of a. It was a different kind of a game, you know. It was a game where I felt if you had a sub, that was a, a, a scoring forward that might yeah. be able to come in and get a hand on the ball. You know, there was space was opening up near the end of the game, and 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 it wasn't being exploited. Colin Fenley got two really good points near the end of the game. Mm. Um, you know, not to be outdone, like in fairness to him, you know, he's just he's just a, a machine, and he just keeps going. He's just so honest, but but he came out into the half forward and won a couple of balls. But at one stage, there was only. Two full forwards for Bally Hale and two full backs for O'Loughlin Gales, and everyone else was in the opposition end of the field. So the space up that end of the field was was massive, and it was just where you would have loved them to be able to spring a really quick corner forward or a really quick, you know, established player. Yeah. And I just felt, in fairness to Shamrocks, that went to the well too many times with the same 15 lads, and, and it just got found out this time, and only just as was, I must say.
0: What are the fundamental reasons why O'Loughlin's were able to do what no team in Kilkenny has been able to do since 2017?
1: Uh, see, I'm gonna, and I'm not just taken away from a Lachlan gales win, but like at the very start of the year, you would ask me what was going to be, give me a shock or something, and you were looking for kind of a. A prediction that maybe a Glenn Moore might be in a county semi final or something. And what I said to you was the shock was going to be that Bally Hale wouldn't win the championship mm. because they were one to two with the bookmakers. Everyone had them at so far ahead. And I said to you, the reason they won't win the championship is because they've lost so many players and no team can cover that wound. They've lost too many players. And O'Loughlin well, Gales won the championship this year because to be fair to them they lost one game in the whole year Mm. they were the most consistent team all year round like it's unbelievable in some senses that they came in under the radar to a county final O'Loughlin Gales I I know uh,
0: I think we were saying that all year they
1: were were always there at the very first podcast you said to me who were the top four teams in Kilkenny and I said it was Shamrocks, Ballyhale O'Loughlin Gales Dixborough and Tullerone own, yeah. you know three of the four you know ended up in in county you, you would say are still in the top three and, and that's being oh, honest yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know but O'Loughlin Gales for whatever reason they just did enough in games they're winning a point winning two points and we're kind of saying mm, you know we're not really taking a huge amount of notice but on Sunday what they had on Sunday was they'd no fair they matched they'd matched Shamrock's Ballyhale in every aspect of that game and That's what won it for. No one else has been able to do that. And everyone's saying, oh, the gap is closing slightly. But Dixborough got so close to doing it this year but couldn't do it. White line fever, as Mark Dowling called it, about teams when they get so close to the finishing post. And just as well to remember, Shamrocks were winning this game by a point with two minutes to go. Like, they were a point up with two minutes to go. It wasn't like they just got blown out of the field here. Mm -hmm. They got beaten by one point in a county final in a season where they had to rebuild and that is a fact. They had to rebuild, they had to rebuild the team. I know they had a great platform to build it on, but they did have to rebuild it. And with one minute to go in the county final they were leading, they came within the skin of their teeth of winning a championship. And I had said it would be their greatest championship ever if they were to do it.
0: Yeah, and obviously it wasn't to be for them, but um, for all Lachlan's, where does this stand in terms of, in recent years, we won't obviously go the whole way back in the history of the championship, but in terms of county title wins because... There's an argument to be made that O'Loughlin Gales forever now are the team that stopped arguably the greatest club side of all time not just the greatest club side we've seen
1: in this county. No this is definitely I, I'll remove that doubt from your mind anyway that Shamrocks Ballyhale team is the greatest club team that's ever been. Yeah I would agree. You know and anyone that argues that you know, it's a mute argument. I wouldn't even listen to an argument okay. on that one. They're just phenomenal, a phenomenal team. And O'Loughlin Gales, the history books will say it. Brian Hogan, and he led that team first year in charge, and they dethroned the champions. Every team has some excuses. Every team has things that'll happen. They'll have injuries during the season, they'll have players heading away, they'll have lads stepping out of panels. That happens to every team. O'Loughlin Gales, to their absolute credit, they really went and built themselves a very strong platform starting from the goals with Stephen, Walsh, or Stephen Murphy, I should say, in the goals. He was absolutely brilliant. In the semi-final in particular, he, he gave a match-winning performance himself. Like They were so close to being gone out of the championship against Bennett's Bridge. If like, they remember, Stephen pulled off one or two absolutely miraculous saves in that game. But from him in the goal right up to Sean Bulger in the corner, every single player on that O'Loughlin Gale's team earned their jersey this year and then the lads coming in off the bench um, the young Conor Kelly I kind of thought he might even get a start on Sunday because his performance in the semi-final yeah. was so good he didn't but he came on and he contributed with a point point. Um, and the other young lad that was Luke Hogan Luke, Luke got a bad injury during the year he was off to a brilliant start this year got a bad hand yeah. injury during the season came on then on Sunday slaps over a point in a county final you know it's in fairness to them they just looked like such a united bunch and you couldn't take anything away from them they're they're, they're more than deserving winners of that game
0: ok um, just very finally on the game itself 10 points each at half time you'd mentioned in the half time analysis that there was a sense of inevitability about the whole thing that the Shamrocks were just going to now up the gears and win it by 4, 5, 6 points to their huge credit O'Loughlin's to win it half against the Shamrocks is some going but to nullify them so much that they only get single digit scores 9 points Um, is that almost O'Loughlin's season epitomised in one half of hurling not great on the scoring and they're not getting away from that only 10 points themselves but ultimately when it hits the crunch they know what it takes to hold off teams however strong they are
1: Yeah um, it really does Um, to be fair at half time I, I kind of got the sense from, from listening to the, the panellists that they were all saying the same thing. Oh, Loughlin Guilds have thrown everything at yeah. the Shamrocks. And when I'm hearing everyone's, they've thrown everything at them, they've thrown everything at them. And I'm looking at the scoreboard and it's a draw. I'm thinking, well, if they've thrown everything at them and it's a draw, they're goosed. Because if they've... No, and that's why I asked the question a half time. I said, if they hadn't left the throw? And next thing, Brian Dowling said, yeah, they'll be throwing everything at them again mm-hmm. in the second half. They've <clears throat> the same amount of stuff to throw now again. And I asked, would this would they be able to maintain this for another 30 minutes of this intensity and I was told the subs bench will assist them in trying to keep that up and that's what happened you know but then like it's so hard to tell you how close like put it down to the smallest of margins in the world David Fogarty who was outstanding had a shot at the post and he hit the post. Hit the post, yeah. You're right, you know, and that was right in the melting pot. That's when I'm thinking, this isn't your day. Yeah, yeah. At the opposite end of the field, TJ Reid hit a free. TJ Reid, you know, there's not a nerve in his body. Like, I mean, he's absolutely unbelievable free taker. By his own ability, you'd be kind of like, I know the lads, I could see everybody marking it down as a score. TJ pulled it to the right of the wide. You know, it wouldn't happen. I'd say if he was out in Nolan Park for the next four days hitting freeze from that spot he wouldn't miss yeah. and it does happen I mean strange things happen in games oh, yeah. but they're just two. when David missed his I thought this isn't going to be the day for O'Loughlin Gales but when TJ hit that wide I was like jeez oh, there's a there's hope you know there really is hope and then the slightest and the smallest cause but O'Loughlin Gales whenever Ballyhale went ahead O'Loughlin Gales fought and fought and fought and come back do you get me so yeah. they never, they were never three points down what, what? Sorry, no, no, you're making a great point. What did they do? They fought. Yeah,
0: fought. 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 It's <laughs> not. Know. It's not funny. Sorry. You Eddie. it was funny. Did you? <laughs>
1: did you? fight. They <laughs> <Did you> fight. <laughs> it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Eddie. Sorry, sorry, no. No. no they, continue on. They, continue on, continue on, sorry. They kept. You know. <laughs> they, 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 what, what, what way do I pronounce that word? Fought. I would have taught. Fought. But maybe I'm, I could be one hundred percent Fought. Wrong. I think it's the See, same thing. Taught. Robbie.
0: Fought. It's not taught. It's taught do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> our, our
1: listeners will decide I think the the, the, the point that I'm yes. trying to make is that they, they stayed with them and what yeah. happened in so many times before teams would actually drop their heads and I don't mean drop their heads and give up I mean drop their heads and start thinking here we go Yeah. and in fairness to all Lachlan Gales they didn't allow that there was one thing that, that did happen in the game and I, I asked the question was it panic it clearly isn't going to be panic Shamrock's Ballyhill aren't going to panic mm. in a match but Towards the very end of the game when Shamrocks Ballyhale were a point up O'Loughlin Gales had a sideline ball and every player on the Shamrocks team was inside their own 60 every single player had dropped right back there was no one up in the forwards at all Shamrocks won the ball I don't know what player it was but he turned and he buried it down the field he just handed the possession straight straight back to O'Loughlin Gales and O'Loughlin Gales now I was doing my note at this stage or well, Lachlan Gales caught the ball and what the day do when bomb it back down on top of the Shamrocks and I'm like hold yeah. on a second lads can someone take a breath here and look around fatigue that point, um, but yeah. both teams are tired they're out on their feet um, but Shamrocks had retreated right back and when I asked the panel afterwards was it fear or was it panic and they said no no that was looking at the scoreboard and seeing that you're winning by a point and you're going into injury time and saying right let's see it out and that's what they were trying to do was see out the game that's not the Shamrock style they tend to not see out games they tend to go for the juggler um, so you know it was just it was just as a spectacle as well the county the championship needed that spectacle it needed a mad tight game regardless of what way it went if Shamrock's Hale had went on and won that game by a point everyone need, leaving Nolan Park would have said the same thing that it was an absolute cracking classic of a game Like, but it finished on an absolutely outrageous score from Paddy Deegan as well you know Bustling up from centre back, out on the touchline, falling to the ground as he hits it—it's <laughs> you know, right or over stuff like it yeah. was. It was just brilliant, you know. And and, and it, it, you know, I couldn't. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing in the O'Loughlin Gale's win that I couldn't be proud of them. You'd have to say, like, as a club and everything, the way they would have carried themselves after the match, Mark Bergen's speech. Yeah, you know it, it was. It really was. Brilliant, you know, yeah. and 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 in fairness as well if you're going to win the championship I bet you you want to Lachlan Gales all year when they were dreaming of winning the championship it was Shamrocks Bally Hill they were dreaming about beating in the final because you want to beat the best Yeah, and, and, and that's what they've done they've beaten the best club team of all time
0: uh, I want to touch on a few other things, Eddie, uh, before we kind of wrap up our conversation around the county final. Uh, the first of which being O'Loughlin Gales as a club, and you, you mentioned it there, I think uh, it's a neighbouring club to my own, one St. Martins. Uh, a, a lot of people have huge respect for for all clubs in Kilkenny, but particularly O'Loughlin Gales in the way they do their business. We had the chairman, Johnny Houlihan, in studio on Saturday before the game, and he made a very kind of, he was very keen to point out the fact that they do not fundamentally go outside the club to pick their management teams Andy Comfort of course who used to hurt for Kilkenny and O'Loughlin's uh, was over them for the last number of years guided them to a county final in 2021 um, stepped aside last year after they lost to the nevat in the first round Taken over by Brian Hogan, who of course was an incredible hurler for Kilkenny, as everybody knows, part of that. A- astonishing half-back line of Tommy Walsh, JJ Delaney and himself. And uh captain of O'Loughlin's to the 2016 county title. He comes in, a whole O'Loughlin Gales management team as well. You know, I- in an era and an age where so many clubs go outside of their own to get a management team in, to show that su- success can come from within is a great thing as well because you could argue it's the ethos of the GAA coming
1: to fruition you could um, and to be fair like the, the backroom team for O'Loughlin Gales isn't it brilliant to have all of these people in their club at their disposal yeah, well that's a big thing too isn't it it yeah. is and then like you have to remember as well there's no there's no rule there's no steadfast rule that says it's better to have fellas from within your own club, no, oh, and and fair juice to All Lachlan Gales that they have. Like you look at that backroom team there: um, Brian Hogan, Nigel Skeen, Alan O'Brien, Alan Gagan, Mickey Comfort Nye Egan, um, Minnie Don, and Ty Crowley. All of them are All Lachlan Gales people. Yeah, every one of them. Um, and that's to me. That's that's brilliant, yeah. and it'll mean the world to them. But I wouldn't. I look at the the Ballyhill. Line and they're not Ballyhale people, but that doesn't make a blind bit of difference. They're after leading mm-hmm. Ballyhale to to win win all Ireland titles. You know, it's just it's 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 horses for courses, and I mean that. Some clubs have a rule that they won't allow, um, and this is genuine that they won't allow a manager from within. Yeah. And the reason for that is they don't want favoritism, they don't want nepotism, they don't, you know, they don't want well, any of that. That's very fair. Um, so for that reason, they always try and look outside the club for their own manager. So look, it, it worked for O'Loughlin Gales this year, but I think a lot of clubs in Kilkenny this year are being managed by people from within their own club. I, I go to you, like I mean, yeah, I'd say so. Michael Welch is managing. Walsh, Ken Dix Coogan Dixborough.
0: with Tullerone.
1: Ken Coogan and Tullerone. like <clears throat> now it's just off the top of my head. That's three teams. And I know. Yeah. I could name three or four teams. The that village, of course. Um, Village obviously with Brian Cody. So that's yes. four now straight away and then I can name four against that that are being managed by players yeah. from outside um, the, so there's no rule to it but I think it is nice for a and Gales that their whole backroom and all that I, I, I just and Johnny Hulan's point is great that, that they look within the club but I wouldn't nail my colours to the mass to say that we'll always pick our manager from inside the club mm-hmm. because someday you might look and there mightn't be anyone there like just so you know as well and this is a fact now this isn't me making this up now yeah. for the podcast for the crack Brian Hogan was on the interview panel to select the manager for the O'Loughlin Gales team he was on the interview panel he wasn't being interviewed Mm. he was doing the interviewing and he ended up as the manager yeah okay so you know what I mean this 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 was by accident that Brian Hogan ended up managing the O'Loughlin Gales team and I'd say I'd be probably killed for saying this, but I'd say there wasn't a huge amount of people putting their hands up to take that job. They'd been knocked out in the first round of the championship last mm. year. It was and I said this to you at the start, Brian Hogan showed serious character going taking on this job because it comes with huge pressure. Yeah. Um and he took on the role. Like the, the his predecessor had gotten them to a county final as well. Um yeah, Jeff. you know, so like it's not that easy, but I think it's nice. Uh, that they're able to get managers from within the club but it doesn't work for everybody and it's not a, a steadfast rule that any club should be nailing themselves to, because there might come a day where they need to look elsewhere but O'Loughlin Gales is blessed at the moment with uh, a conveyor belt of the likes mm. of the Comerfords the likes of Brian Hogan and in 10 or 11 years time you're going to have the likes of Huey Law yeah. or Paddy Deegan and all that and it did you know what like Shamrock's Ballyhead is a club everyone knows the family feeling small country mm. club everything and I thought O'Loughlin Gales was the very same I seen people crying in the stands yeah. I seen like our own Brian Dowling he was very emotional I think yeah, it was yeah. um, I seen you know you could see him just pointing down to people and you could see his eyes tearing up in the whole of, and I seen some of the videos from the party and you know, O'Loughlin yeah. Gales the fireworks and everything like I mean they, they didn't do it by half now. They, no, yeah. they went all in they, on the They celebrations. went
0: all in on the orange juice, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. But isn't it great?
1: Like, Isn't this ah, what it's, it's all brilliant. about?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is all about um, for all Auckland's. Uh, just finally on them, Mount Leinster Rangers. We're going to touch on this uh, in next week's podcast in a lot more detail. But Mount Leinster Rangers to come now in the Leinster Championship. Carlos' side taking on a Kenny's side November the 12th in the quarter final. Uh, that's a game to look forward to as well.
1: It definitely is. Um, I would. I would say O'Loughlin Gales, you know, it, it, it's going to be a hard week to prep because you've the lads are gone on the team holiday now with Kilkenny, they're going tomorrow. So you're going to be I, I know a few of them have stayed. They're not going. What definitely one or two. I don't want to name names, definitely one or two are staying. They're not actually going on the trip. Yeah. Um if that's the case, then that's a massive plus. Yeah. Um so because it's not ideal preparation. No. You know, and that's that's being straight. Yeah. Um if they've stayed you know, that's wonderful. Um, Mount Lens-Rangers, will they be formidable opponents? They will. They'll pose a challenge, but O'Loughlin Gales, for me, if they're going to go and win in All-Ireland, they'll they'll, they'll be comfortable enough against, against Mount Lens-Rangers now. I won't be thanked for saying that. I just think Mount Lens rangers real stars are in the forwards as well. Um, and forwards and midfield, Kevin Mackett centre-back is an exceptional hurler as well. Yeah. Um, but what'll happen is O'Loughlin Gales, their backs will come to the fore again and I just don't know if, if Mount Lancaster Rangers are going to have a half forward line that's capable of holding that that O'Loughlin Gale's half back line keeping them quiet that's where the big battle is going to be because I know the likes of Chris Nolan who's exceptional up there he's going to end up on Hugh Lawler and it's, it's just a point that I want to make to you yeah. just on Hugh Lawler I was chatting to one of the lads the other day and I said how good is Hugh Lawler and he said I'll tell you how good Hugh Lawler is he said, when you're playing against the Lachlan Gales, you have to decide which of your forwards you're happy enough not to touch the ball. Because whichever one you put in on you, Lawler, that's what's going to be happening. Yeah and I kind of thought to myself holy divine mother of God and this wasn't a fella now that was talking through his butt and a big proud O'Loughlin Gales man this is a fella that has nothing to do with O'Loughlin Gales he's a brilliant manager in his own right but he said straight out when you're playing O'Loughlin Gales you need to select which forward you're happy enough not to touch the ball because when you put him in there he said Hugh Lawler has you everywhere physically up in the air on the ground in front behind whatever way you want to be taken you're getting it off Hugh Lawler and to me that's some statement. Yeah,
0: he's like a blend of the modern day fullback and an old fashioned fullback. As you said, he can he can do everything and do it better than everybody. It yeah. feels like i mean, I'm not. I know we're uh, kind of propping up our own man here because he is a Kilkenny fullback, but like he is that good.
1: Oh, he is. No, no, he <laughs> he really, really is yeah. that good. You know, um, look, and he's surrounded by great players as well. Tony Forrest and Mikey Butler are all around ah, him. Ah, yeah, that's true as well, yeah. But the simple fact of the matter is Hugh Lawler, whether you play him full back, centre back, or wherever you want him there, he'll go in and he will absolutely torture some poor soul for 64 <laughs> minutes or 65 minutes and there'll be no let up. Um, you know, and, and that's the truth. And when you see players that are on Hugh, they tend to go really, really a good distance away from the goal to get their scores. So there's yeah. never goal threats. Like That was the biggest thing on Sunday as well. Dean Mason pulled off one on merciful save. But outside of that, there was no goal threat in the game yeah. because both defences were so strong
0: Would you have liked to have seen TJ Reid or something like that go in and just go pound for pound heavyweight against heavyweight or anything?
1: Yeah, you know, you know what? It would have been, it would have been a great tester to see what happens to see. Yeah, uh, because I can tell you something for nothing. If you can beat TJ Reid in the air, right, you're, you're yeah. obviously <laughs> have a pilot's license. Because, yeah. but do um, it, it, you know what? It never happened, and there was probably a good reason it didn't happen. TJ went in a couple of times during the game, but Colin was there, and you was detailed to pick up Colin, so they had other plans for TJ. So it didn't happen. You would have loved to see it, but you'll get to see it as this Leinster Championship and all Ireland series continues because. Um, you know, I don't know how far O'Loughlin Gales will go in that I, I, I'd love to see them going all the way I know by listening to them talk and they'll want to go all the way so oh, yeah. I'm sure Huey's season isn't over for being tested just yet
0: Yes uh, We'll have live commentary of that Mount Leicester Rangers and O'Loughlin Gales game on Sunday November the 12th It's a half past three throwing in Netwatch Cullen Park Before that Eddie uh, we should pay homage to the Shamrocks because we said it a little bit earlier there, I was kind of half sitting on the fence trying to remain objective, but I think, you know, there's no disputing that you're right in the fact that it is the greatest club side we've ever seen. Um, it's it's over for them in, in a sense. It's not over, over, but obviously that run is over, that they haven't lost a knockout championship game in Kilkenny since 2017. Only, you know, three All-Irelands out of the last four, only losing that one by by to Gunner by a single point uh, in the last... Puck of the ball. Um, they've won so many trophies. They've won it with such a plum. First team to win five in a row. They've matched Tullerone's 20 uh, county titles. Like, as we said, it's come to an end, but almost it's come to an end in the way you'd like it to in terms of they went out as champions.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, you know, they, 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 they relinquished their title in a real champion's yeah. form. You know, they, they they went out, they died on their swords. Like, I hate, and I've said this to you before, all these bullshit cliches, all oh, heroes and yeah, yeah. this, you know. No, that's the, nonsense, you know, yeah. It is. But these Ballyhale lads, the Shamrocks, the people of Ballyhale. They're heroes. They couldn't be more proud of them. They yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. I, I can tell you now, when, when, when lads say about legends, like TJ Reid, is a legend of the game. He ah, is, yeah. This is, you know, yeah, yeah. again, yesterday, talking with some of the lads and greatest hurler of all time, most certainly. You know, like we were about other great hurdlers and brilliant hurdlers. TJ Reid was going for his 12th senior county title yeah. at the weekend. His 12th. You know, he is, like... He's just so good But then you have players Like Adrian Mullen, Owen Cody Colin Fenley Richie Reid Dara Corkin Killian Corker. You can name them all Like these lads They literally got carried off That field in their shields That's a fact yeah. They did And the other thing as well Is I have to say good friend in Ballyhale Sent me a text the next day And he said We were missing Such a bundle of players This year that we lost a county final by one point to a Lachlan Gales tells me you'd want to start borrowing money to back us next year because the boys <laughs> are coming home. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I can tell you what, Ballyhale will be favourites to win the championship next year. And if these lads all come home, we're in for some season. Yeah. Because I'm telling you now, Shamrock's Ballyhale were probably just a couple of bodies short of getting getting it over the line. They really were just... Probably
0: one of... realistically, was it?
1: Um. You know, if a Brian Cody or a Joey Cody, he's there. But it's 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 an Does it's another option. Yeah. yeah, it could. You know, they just they just were a little bit they were just a little bit tight on the panel, and I'm not going over hard on their panel either. Uh, they were just a little bit tight on the panel, a little bit tight on the ground. I have seen one or two subs that I know could make a difference and both of them had strappings on their knees. So I'd say there was a few knocks there as well that we weren't yeah. being told about. But do you know what? The lads can be so proud of themselves. The backroom team there led by Pat Hoban he's a fantastic manager a very very nice fella I know he was giving out about me last week um, <laughs> completely unfairly as well I must point out <laughs> uh, you know the the point that I'd make was and it was from the outset because a few of the lads from Shamrock's kind of gave me the eye the other day oh, did they now yeah uh, yeah and I'm with me, with me uh, you know you can't be friends with everybody and it's no, this is can't. the thing uh, uh, the Shamrock's It's admiration I have for these people. That's the admiration I have for the club and the players. I have so much respect for them. I just think they're wonderful. But what I did say in the beginning of the year was I didn't feel they do it they they almost proved me wrong not, now not that proving me wrong was in any of their minds they couldn't give a shit about well, they me
0: said they said not, not you or, but pundits in but general they, they wanted to prove people wrong yeah. yeah
1: but see the thing about it is I take no satisfaction in the Shamrocks not winning the championship this year the yeah. point that I was making was it just I felt it was just going to be one wound too much yeah. to, to, to be where they are but what Pat Hoban and, and the lads there um, Nye Lacey Jimmy Marr like what they've done this year with that team to bring them within a point of winning a county title it can't be underestimated. It's absolutely phenomenal. They won't feel like that today, but that's the truth. In the cold light of day, they almost pull off a miracle. Yeah.
0: Uh, Very finally on the Senior Championship then, Eddie. How bad was this needed for Kilkenny hurling? And you mentioned there was a big crowd. There were 7,500 people at it. Do you think the interest levels
1: have slightly lowered this year? Or in recent years? In recent years. See, since COVID you know, things have kind of changed a small bit as well and people aren't, you know, people got lazy during COVID. I, you know, I know people got sick and all two that. two
0: of them in here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but you know, they just did and they kind of got other outlets to go and watch games yeah. and stuff was brought to you on different ways of doing it and mediums that yeah. you didn't need to go. So that did affect it a small bit. Um, it felt like a great crowd in the in, in, in the park on, on Sunday. It really did. Is the interest levels dropping in the championship? Do, do you know what what happens when you have a domination like Shamrocks have yeah. done? people are kind of saying like the same thing is happening in Galway you don't hear too many people talking about it St Thomas has won their sixth senior title in a row on Sunday Yeah, you know you don't hear but in Kilkenny because we're here you're we're listening to, Kenny, you to but it, yeah. you're listening to oh no it's a disaster and the whole lot and I, and I said well, this is, team has gone on to win the All-Ireland St Thomas is maybe win the All-Ireland this year I don't know I don't think they will but yeah. they could um, they'll be second favourites to win the All-Ireland so they've, they've a, a damn good chance of winning it but it's just what happens now is I think next year's championship is blowing wide open because the champions are now O'Loughlin Gales Ballyhale are going to have a return and you can find that the winter the winter will go quick now these lads will come back um, there'll be a rally in made, and three or four of these boys will come back and join that squad they might lose another one or two who knows but they'll come back and they'll want to reclaim their crown and then there's another team sitting in the long grass thinking you know we're not that far away here in Dixborough um. They'll be sick watching all Auckland Gales in oh. the championship. So they'll they'll be coming hard for it. And then Tullerone, they got a nice long winter over with this year. Bennett's Bridge. Thomastown coming up. I'm telling you, the if you Village mean, the Village beating in a county semi final this year. Like the interest levels may have been starting to tire because of the domination from the Shamrocks. Yeah. But this 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 might be the injection of life that the championship needed as well that I think next year is going to be absolutely wide open. I think any of about five teams could win a championship. We couldn't have said that last year.
0: Right. And very, 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 very finally, I know I keep saying that, uh, 20 euro for a ticket, single header. There wasn't any game beforehand
1: uh, too much? No, it's county final. 20 euro is fair. There was generally 15, 10, 15 euro all year. 20, I think for a county final is fair. It was 25 euro into the Kildare county final last week in Dr. Cullen Park, or Netwatch Cullen Park, sorry. I thought that was a bit much. Yeah, And there was no... Um, What's the word? Concessions. There was no OAP students. None of that. Just straight twenty five quid. Take it or leave it. Um GEA kinda set these prices. I think twenty euros fair for a county final. Okay. Um anyone that was in there on Sunday was they got value for money. Oh, they yeah, were yeah. they were within a lick of pain to get an extra time as well. I kinda raged and it didn't go to so extra was time. So I I was
0: over You know, I just I just
1: I just I I just thought it would have been brilliant. To be like, see, when you're not when you're not involved and it doesn't matter, you know, you hear all these lads saying, oh, penalties, what a horrible way to finish. Yeah, well if yeah, you're a new I'm happy enough with you're this grand, grand for <laughs> This is it, you know I'm you're kicking that cat down the road Ooh, Let's go <laughs> <laughs> Do You know, so Lads were like Oh, it's a way to end the game I don't know I think coin toss Was a terrible way to end the game Back in the day Yeah, that's very true uh, I'd much prefer to see Five lads absolutely breaking And taking penalties yeah. So, look It had it all 20 euro I think, it's, I think it's fair I think it's reasonable This day and age
0: Okay So congratulations to O'Loughlin's uh, Commiserations to the Shamrocks uh, That wraps up The Senior Championship For this year uh, Eddie Eddie Junior and Intermediate Teams of the Year Yeah We're going yeah. to do this now
1: We're going to do it Now um, I'm going to pull them up here now I'll well keep the Robbie. ball
0: rolling While you're stalling there Yeah really. thanks. So, so obviously uh, The Junior Championship Finished last weekend uh, Which would have been The weekend of the 24th uh, or Sorry not the 24th But rather the 20... Yeah, some
1: job. The 28th and the
0: 29th of October. Uh, sorry, bank holiday has me all over the place. So on the 28th, uh, taller her. I've, I've the dates all wrong. But anyway, as uh, the 22nd, 23rd. Uh, Tuller, Ross Burken defeated St. Lacton's in the final in the junior and then obviously the next day Thomas uh comfortably it has to be said overcame Munkine in the intermediate final but they were the climax of two very very long seasons particularly in junior that began at the start of August and went the whole way through with very little breaks in between it has to be said um, so many teams uh, had good years other teams had bad years and from all of those teams and all of those players that played we are going to pick our junior and intermediate teams of the year and hopefully I've walking long enough for Eddie to get his uh, act together here.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Eddie? Uh, no, no, I don't need a pen out uh, there. I was saying for you to write this down. Oh, you want well me to write this down? Okay. you can yourself.
0: Okay, we, we do hand gestures to each other and everything here. Okay, yeah. so, Eddie, so what are we going to start with?
1: We're going to go with the junior team of the year. Brilliant. Um, so, after painstaking judgments as well, because so, obviously we didn't get to go to a huge amount of the games, but we did get to go to a good number of games. So, what happened was there was a bit of back and forth um, from... All of them, team as well, All here in the and team, the sports yeah. team. So, the team we finalised and went with in the end was in goal number one, Darren Brennan of St. Lactans, and um, the full back line was met up number two, Brian Kennedy, St. Lactans, number three, Dunnick O'Connor of Tuller Ross Birkin, and number four was Sean Murray from Tuller Ross Birkin. The half back line, number five, James Carroll from Dixborough. Number six, Pat Hartley, and of course, man of the match in the county final as well, Tuller ross And number seven was Lar Murphy from Tuller ross In midfield, Jamie Ling, Tuller ross and Sean Purcell from Wine Gap. The half-forward line was met up with Marty Murphy from Tuller ross Number 11 was Walter Welch, Tuller ross and number 12 was James Marr from St. Lacton's. And then the full forward line we went with was Shane Donnelly of St. Lacton's, Emmett Landy of Wine Gap, and Keane Donahue of Tuller Ross Birkin. Now, obviously, we know before anyone texts in or gives out that Emmett Landy plays in the half-forward line, but Emmett Landy, 1 million percent, had to be in the team of the year for his performances this year with Wingap. Um, it was kind of a toss-up, whether we play him full forward or centre-forward, so we swapped him and Wally, put him full forward and Wally at centre-forward. So that is the starting 15 for our junior team of the year, Robbie. OK,
0: go one more time then, Eddie, straight through.
1: So, Darren Brennan, St. Lactons, Brian Kennedy, St. Lactons, Dunic O'Connor, Tuller Ross Birkin Sean Murray Tuller Ross Birkin James Carroll of Dixborough Pat Hartley Tuller Ross Birkin Lara Murphy Tuller Ross Birkin Jamie Ling, Tuller Ross Sean Purcell, Weingap, Marty Murphy Tuller Ross Birkin, Walter Welch Tuller, James Mar St. Lactins, Shane Donnelly St. Lactans, Emmett Landy Weingap, and Keen O'Donoghue from Tuller Ross Birkin. And I will say there's lots of players that are very unlucky there. You couldn't put everybody in either, um, but Connor Hennessy is the one that's the obvious one for me for Tuller Ross That's quite unlucky and an obvious omission. But there was a lot of players there had big seasons as well. But congratulations to the 15 that have been selected by our panel here.
0: Yeah, huge congratulations and of course as Eddie said it is a panel effort so we've had a a, a hell of a team here at KCLR throughout the league and championship the likes of Aidan Fogarty uh, yourself, Eddie, Eddie Doyle uh, Brian Dowling, Mark Dowling Adrian Rowan and Oisín Langan, Brendan Hennessy uh, so many people, apologies if I left them out, David Burns, Ani Farrell, Martin Quilty all of these people, we do say thanks to them uh, for their work and thanks to them for of course picking this team. That's the junior team of the year then, you've gone through it I think two or three times at this stage Eddie so we'll move on to the intermediate
1: Side of Intermediate team of the year, again, well done to everybody that's in it, and of course, there's a lot of unlucky omissions as well. But team of the year, number one in the goal is Dermot Galway of Thomastown. The full back line was met up of Ben Tallis from Liz Downey, Jay Burke from Thomastown, and Ned Kerwin from Thomastown. Half back line Michael Cody of Dunhamagan, Paul Hennerby of Mooncoin, and Richard McAvoy of Liz Downey. In midfield, it was Peter Mack of Thomastown and Mark Kearns of Mooncoin. The half forward line, John Fitzpatrick, Dunhamagan, John Donnelly, Thomastown, and Sean Gannon from Mooncoin. And the full forward line, Robbie Donnelly at Thomastown, Pa Welch at Mooncoin and Stephen Donnelly of Thomastown. So heavily weighed with the Thomastown team, but right. they are the county champions. Again, I'll just run through that team again one more time for you. Doing uh, nice and slowly. In goal, number one, Dermot Galway of Thomastown. Yep. Yeah. The cornerback, Ben Tallis of Liz Downey. Yep. Full back is Jay Burke of Thomastown. Cornerback on the other side Ned Kerwin of Thomastown. Half back line Michael Cody Donamagan, Centre back Paul Hennerby Mooncoin. And number seven, Richard McAvoy, Liz Downey. In midfield, Peter MacDonald, Thomastown, and Mark Kearns of Mooncoin. The half forward line, John Fitzpatrick, Donamagan, John Donnelly, Thomas Town, and Sean Gannon of Mooncoin. And the full forward line, Robbie Donnelly of Thomastown, Pa Welch of Mooncoin, and Stephen Donnelly of Thomas Town. Again, Really, really, really strong team. And, you know, well done to everyone that got nominated there. And again, you know, we can only put 15 players on the field, but there was a hell of a lot of people there that were very unlucky not to make that team.
0: Yes, certainly. So. That is a hell of a strong team, obviously made up of the likes of Thomastown, Liz Downey, Dunham and Moonkind there. Um, so that's the junior and the intermediate teams of the year from the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast. Do let us know what you think, if you disagree, agree, whatever it may be, If who are we missing that should be there, who's in it that shouldn't be. Um, but just generally, Eddie, uh, we're going to do a bigger kind of review of it next week, but the uh, junior and intermediate grades this year, uh, very enjoyable. Um, junior maybe throwing up somewhat of a surprise winner, although as it went on, uh, you and a lot of people maybe uh, were, were seeing Tuller, Ross Birkin for what they became. Uh, Thomastown though, heavy favourites throughout along with Liz Downey, and they eventually Got up from intermediate, so two good campaigns and a good year in junior and intermediate.
1: Oh definitely, you know, two two really good years. I think um, Tuller Tuller and Ross Burkham were well deserving winners as well. There were a slight omission, I suppose, their early exit in last year's championship put them in under the radar, but they were far too good uh, to have been missed. Um, I know some of the lads kind of got a kick out telling me that I obviously forgot them, um, but they they really they really have been really really good, and there'll be a big there'll be a big addition to the intermediate championship next year in in the intermediate. Championship Thomastown getting over the line was just you know everybody wanted it to happen for them it did and they were really really deserving winners as well I mean (coughs) they literally they really did breeze through the Championship this year like they played a serious brand of hurling, and they're going to be bringing an awful lot to the Senior Championship next year
0: Right so people will ask what comes next after a Junior and Intermediate Team of the Year you would think it's the Senior Team of the Year but we're doing this a little bit differently we're going to have nominations for the Team of the Year and then we want you and I'm talking to people listening now, not you, Eddie, people that are listening in to the Clikennie Hurling podcast this week and throughout the season to let us know who you think should be named in the senior team of the year. So, Eddie, you are going to announce the nominations now, and then people will get in touch to get our, stay looking at our social media to uh, find out how you will. But basically, it's going to be um, by private messaging, KCLR, or scoreline.ie, or commenting on the Twitter or Facebook post, whatever it may be. Um, and then we'll cast all, we'll get all the votes and then we'll name our team of the year on next week's
1: podcast. But for now, Eddie, the nominations. So, we're starting off with the goals, obviously. That's the right place to start, Robbie, as opposed to starting with the corner forwards. Naturally, yes. So, the way we're doing it is we're putting forward four goalkeepers, I think it's 15 backs, six or eight midfielders and 15 or 16 forwards. And from that, then you have to name your one goalkeeper, your six backs, your two midfielders and your six forwards. And we might even, you know, the winner might if somebody can get the exact same team as me and you come up with Robbie we might bring them out for lunch and <laughs> <laughs> you'd never know uh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we're going to start with the goalkeepers anyway so in no particular order the four goalkeepers nominated for the goalkeeper of the year are Dean Mason of Shamrocks Ballyhale, okay, Stephen Murphy of O'Loughlin Gales Enda Clear of Bennett's Bridge and Paddy Hogan of Danes Fort. So it's the four goalkeepers being nominated Dean Mason Shamrocks Bally Hale Stephen Murphy O'Loughlin Gales and Declare Clare Bennett's Bridge and Paddy Hogan Dane's Fort Interestingly as well not putting in votes there, or pushing for anybody Dean Mason kept all clean sheets in the whole championship Okay Interesting isn't it? It is interesting yeah um, So then we move out into the backs again this time we have 15 backs in, in this area here. Uh, I have to cut down because there was about five changes on that as we went through it there last a night. a fair few, yeah. Um, so I don't want to give the wrong team all, of backs. Yeah, so
0: It's all done very professionally in a WhatsApp group chat,
1: we should say. As is all of these things. Yes. So the backs that we've went with then. So Hugh Lawler, O'Loughlin Gales. Yep. Mikey Butler, O'Loughlin Gales. Paddy Deegan, O'Loughlin Gales. Jordan Malloy, O'Loughlin Gales. David Fogarty on Auckland Gales. Dara Corkern from the Shamrocks Bally Hale. Enda Morrissey from Bennett's Bridge. Killian Corkern from the Shamrocks Ballyhale Hale. Shane Murphy from Glenmore Tom Kenny from Dixborough. Timmy Clifford from Dixborough. Richie Reed, Shamrocks Bally Hale. Paddy Mullen, Shamrocks Bally Hale. Evan Shefflin Shamrocks Bally Hale. Tom Dumphy, Greg Bally Callan. Owen Murphy, Glen Moore. Tommy Walsh Tullerone and David Blanchfield of Bennett's Bridge. So I'll give you them 15 again. And as Robbie said, these will all go up on our Twitter or on our Facebook pages yep. and you'll get them there and you'll be able to have your own votes. So Hugh Lawler, Mikey Butler, Paddy Deegan, Jordan Malloy, David Fogarty, Derek Corcoran, Enda Morrissey, Killian Corcoran, Shane Murphy, Tom Kenny, Timmy Clifford, Richie Reed, Paddy Mullen, Evan Shefflin, Tom Dunphy, Owen Murphy, Tommy Walsh, and David Blanchfield. So you're gonna to have to reduce that down to your six for the team of the year. So that's your six backs that you're gonna to have to pick out of them groups then. So then on to the midfielders. Um so there's six. I've six in the midfield here, um Robbie. There were six nominations for midfield. Yeah. Um so the nominations for midfield. Are as follows. It is Kevin Blanchfield of Bennett's Bridge, uh, Jack Nolan of O'Loughlin Gales, Killian Hackett of Dixborough, Martin O'Connell of Clara, Billy Ryan of Greg Ballycallan, and Connor Fogarty of Comer were the six midfielders nominated. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I, I, sorry, I didn't realise that Connor Fogarty was in there. But yeah, they're the six midfielders.
1: Okay I'll give them again Kevin yeah. Blanchfield Jack Nolan from O'Loughlin Gales Killian Hackett from Dixborough Martin O'Connell from Clara Billy Ryan Greg Bally Callan and Connor Fogarty from Castle Comber. so that's the six midfield nominations Okay Everyone happy there?
0: Yeah well deserved all six
1: And then we go on to the forwards and in the forwards area here we've actually 16 forwards nominated and um, so yeah we've 16 forwards nominated here and they are as follows number one Adrian Mullen Shamrocks Bally Hale two TJ Reid Shamrocks Bally Hale 3. Owen Cody, Shamrocks Bally Hale. 4. Colin Fenley, Shamrocks Bally Hale. Mark Bergen from O'Loughlin Gales. Owen Wall from O'Loughlin Gales. Sean Morrissey from Bennett's Bridge. Liam Blanchfield from Bennett's Bridge. Owen Keneally from Shamrocks Bally Hale. Tommy Ronan from Greg Bally Alan Murphy from Glenmore. Luke Scanlan from The Village. Connor Heery from O'Loughlin Gales. Andy Gaffney from The Borough. Mossy Keown from Tullaroan, And Usheen Knox from Mullinavath. There? Um, Sixteen forwards. Yeah. And that what happened there was it was actually there was twenty forwards and then we brought it back to sixteen. And then they said that we needed to drop one person out of it, and I just said I wasn't dropping anyone out of it because yeah. I just I was mad that we had to drop four out of it in the first place. I think I could have given you forty backs and forty forwards that deserved the recognition for it there. And um, anyone that was at any of the games for any of these teams this year will tell you that these players all had exceptional seasons. Yeah. Um. Do you know, and it's not that's not us playing nicey nicey now. That's no. that's genuine. This is, this is 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 how it is. Um. You know, we tried to be as fair as we could. We didn't go down the route of trying to have X amount of quotas hitting. No,
0: there was no quotas or anything like that. No. Just let people know. If you are deserving of it, you were on the shortlist. If you weren't, you weren't.
1: Exactly. And, and, And in some cases, people might look and say... There's a lot of old Auckland Gales players, or there's a lot of Shamrocks Ballyhale players, but they've played in more matches, yeah. so we've we've had more opportunities to see them. Um, so you know, it's 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 it, it's interesting. The only other one that we'll be putting out to the public vote as well is the Player of the Year. Player of the Year, yeah. So we'll
0: get straight on to this then.
1: Yeah. So look, this is a massive one, um, because it's the first time we've ever done it, um, and I would say there was probably three or four other players that are really really unlucky not to be in this. Yeah, and this I mean is very that. hard now. Um, you know, I, I can tell you two players for me or three players for me that I think could have been in there and uh, that aren't. Jordan Malloy has had an absolutely monumental season for Lachlan Gales. He's a very obvious omission here for the player of the year for me. Hugh Lawler a full-back was absolutely outstanding all year for Lachlan Gales and Adrian Mullen for Shamrock's Ballyhale has just been on a different level. Um, and he's an obvious omission as well but we've only we said we were nominating the three and the public will vote from there and I'm happy as well if somebody wants to text in and say yeah, you dope you never thought of this fella or that fella but the three players that by fair vote got the the biggest shout out of it were Paddy Deegan over Lachlan Gales TJ Reid Shamrocks Bally Hale and David Fogarty over Lachlan Gales so they're the three players vying for the player of the year Right and that
0: is I think People can disagree or whatever, but I think that's a very, very fair
1: shortlist. Oh, it is. Uh, you, yeah. know, like, you know it genuinely is and, and this is what I'm saying to you opinions are like arseholes we all have them yeah. so I mean there's there's, I could make an argument for another six or seven lads to get into that yeah. but well, we haven't flocked anybody out in here I suppose that's the most important no. thing um, and there has been some outstanding performances this year but like when you put it down as well you have to remember we've done the team of the week every week yeah. and that's heavily weighed in here we've had man of the matches at nearly all the games that we've covered we've covered 48 odd matches this year Yeah. Do you know which is just as live commentaries you've had reporters yeah, not, and all the exactly. others so exactly that it's not that it's not that we're flicking coins here, no, no. here I'd say I've been at you know 15, 16 senior championship matches oh, yeah. this year myself I mean and I can tell you now and I can tell you the performances that push them to the different levels but TJ Reid's performances this year in the championship have been absolutely nothing short of miraculous like he's got man of the match in two or three championship games this year but he's the best forward in Kenny still yeah he is he is and he, you know him or Adrian Mullen you know like yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, and then Owen Cody who's not in the Player of the Year award, but Owen Cody's been exceptional as well. But then you have that half back line of um O'Loughlin Gales. We nearly had to change the name of the podcast to the O'Loughlin Gales <laughs> half back line <laughs> because we just spent the whole year talking about how good they are. Yeah. Uh, and and in fairness to them, they haven't let us down. Uh, but that half back line, like I asked the other day how old is David Fogarty? How old do you think David Fogarty is? Uh, twenty one yeah that's the lads are saying to me he's 21 or 22 is 21 yeah 21 or 22 and then Jordan Malloy has said the same age as Mikey Butler um, they'd be around my age yeah. yeah yeah so 24 is that right 23 or 4 yeah. yeah so like like David Fogarty we're naming him in our shortlist as the hurler of the year in Kilkenny yeah what what and to be fair and I know this is going to say
0: but it, like the forwards naturally stand out more than the back so he's a 21 year old back
1: that's been named on the shortlist for hurler of the year we've two backs I know which three. is
0: incredible too yeah
1: yeah, and yeah. Uh, but then it comes back down to, you know, it was the platform for winning them a championship, and, and that's how it is. Um, and it goes that way as well. But then you have other players as well. Derek Corcoran, he got moved from the half back line into fullback for Shamrock's Valley Hill, conceded no goal in the whole championship you know like (laughs) there's been some outstanding performances this year we've been so lucky to to be able to see and hear so many of these games so look the three players that we've shortlisted it down to Paddy Deegan David Fogarty TJ Reid You tell us who's going to be the Herder of the Year Yes that's exactly it
0: so there will be a social media post up on the KCLR and Scoreline.ie Twitter and Facebook pages Uh, all you have to do is look at the post follow the instructions and then cast your vote and we really do want as many votes as possible because I think to be fair Uh, We've had some really loyal listeners this year and we'd like to give a little bit back. So get your votes in and uh, do tell us who you think should be on the team of the year and who should be the player of the year from the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Championship. Uh, We're about to wrap up this podcast, but as always, we end on a general topic of discussion. Um, This week, Eddie, Peter Peter Burke was the county final referee on Sunday. I think um, most neutrals and most people, yourself and myself included, think he did a really good job Um, certainly wasn't too whistle happy but unfortunately as always seems to be the case uh, history repeats itself as we know in every walk of life Um, there have been a number of incidents with refs over the last year or so uh, particularly in that one with Tuller Moore not too long ago when a referee was shoved to the ground Um, what do you think the GA can do to help the current situation with refs not just in terms of making them feel more safe and secure and to allow them to enjoy their job like hurlers and managers and everybody in sports enjoy their job uh, when it comes to hurling but also to harness a culture where
1: young people can go into officiating. Okay, so, right. (laughs) You've you've given me a ton of uh, questions in one question there. So what we start with is first and foremost Peter Burke's performance on Sunday in a county final. The scoreline finishes 20 points to 19. In a one-point game and I can tell you this as a manager and I can tell you this as a former player and footballer and the whole lot when you lose a game by a point you overanalyse every decision that's made in the game and you will find the decision the cost you the game yeah. in your own head but if you win the game by a point you don't look back on them decisions but if you did look back on the decisions there's decisions there because it's such a tight game but what I will say to Peter Burke and to his credit and he should be very proud of himself on this one and I, you know referees aren't popular so it's as no. simple as that <laughs> but Peter Burke went into one of the most physical games I've ever seen as in off the ball on the ball everything it just was it was fireworks out there and the problem you have is if you've a referee that's a bit whistle happy or a referee that panics there's red cards thrown out you get a red card in the first five minutes there was a coming together with two players in the first couple of minutes of the game if you got a whistle excited referee he could have thrown out a red card yeah. can you imagine what that would have done to that match if an Adrian Mullen or a Mikey Butler or an Owen Cody or a TJ Reid or a Paddy Deegan got sent off in the first 10 minutes yeah. you're sitting there on your hands saying well that is absolutely goose now and then for me Peter Peter handled the game which would have been a really difficult game he did a really good job it was, it was, it was he let it flow and that's what people generally want there was nothing there was no filth in it you know there was no ch- chop down on an arm trying to break an arm there was nothing like that but there was lots of pulling and dragging and kicking Heart and shots, swinging yeah. and throwing each other over the sideline and all that but I have no issue with that so that's 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 first and foremost so I'd say and that's on Peter's performance and, and, and well done to Peter congratulations it's a great honour to referee a county final Yeah. and that is the pinnacle for them referees is to get their own county final so he'd done that now and it's box ticked and congratulated to him now on the second point that you've made the assault to that referee is unacceptable. We spoke about it at last week's yep. podcast and it can't happen. Now, there is another line and this is, we're asked to analyse, we're asked to look at games and talk about it. So, if I talk about a match today and I talk about a player and I say, Robbie didn't have his best day today. I'm only giving my unbiased opinion on a performance from a player. And if a referee has a poor game and I say, the referee didn't help today's game or... You know, the referee won't be happy with his own decision there or when he looks back on it or in the benefit of hindsight I don't say he should be shot or he should be dragged out of hair by the head but if we're not allowed to analyse players if players get offended by being analysed and I'm on about we're never I'm never personal it should never be personal so if players can't, if people can't accept that pundits are going to pundit they should. they're in the wrong game you're out there in the shop window and referees have to be able to accept that too you don't I, I I think it's important
0: sorry to interrupt Eddie, but we take it back. If people say that lad is talking
1: absolute horse manure, they're more than entitled to say that. One hundred percent. I get you know, I get on a personal level, I get it five or six times a week. You'd, you know, you'd get different people that say it on the street or even Shane would be joking he was in the doctor's surgery and the doctor said what were them two agents yeah. doing on the podcast this week same but we, I get it as well yeah. we, all, we all get it. We're, in the, it we're in the firing line as, well, as the players if, are as everybody if, if, you, if you soldier yourself end of story exactly so, you, so the players are but the referees have to be able to take it a little bit too they have to yeah. they don't have to be able to take assaults they don't have to be able to take people right into their houses when the full time whistle goes like I'm an absolute tyrant on the line I know that I'm trying to improve myself mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to be less of a pup um, my parents would be disgusted if they seen my behaviour. They didn't bring me up to be behaving like that but when the whistle blows, the minute the referee blows the full-time whistle, I've had games where my eyes would be popping out of my head at the end of the match thinking, what is this referee doing to me? The minute the full-time whistle goes, I walk out onto the field and shake hands and say, thanks a million, ref. You've done your job. I wasn't happy with your job but you've done your job. You know, you, you might look at me and think, I, I, I've i done my job but you might be happier but you have to be able to take it and I think what's happened a little bit as well is there's overstatements being made by by referees about they can't take a little bit of uh, a criticism you're not allowed to criticise the referee at all that to me isn't acceptable either now what I will say to you is you're on about the GA losing referees or how do we get more referees in I'm going to tell you something now a very good friend of mine is one of the best referees in the country and he's after just disappearing off the face of the earth refereeing just not refereeing anymore yeah. he hasn't went on to Twitter and announced his retirement from uh, refereeing and caused any ructions written. he's just stopped going I rang him the other day and I said to him what's the story like are you, are you packed it in or what no he said I haven't been given any games just stop giving me games for, for no reason and I can assure you this guy is a well decorated and a very good referee yeah. just not getting games so the abuse is one thing that's stopping them doing it but the other thing is you know they're not getting enough games referees will tell you you're going to lose more referees because there are not enough games for them than for the abuse there's more referees stepping away from the game because they're not getting games than there is stepping away from the game because they're getting abuse do you think so? I, I can absolutely guarantee it. Hmm. They just, like, you have to take it, this weekend, this week in Kilkenny, a three-county finals, a junior-county final, intermediate and senior. It is a massive honour to referee any of them. Only three referees get to do that. Are you with me? Yeah. So, um, from memory, I think Ray Byrne refereed the intermediate final. I can't remember who, recall who refereed the junior final, and that's... No, I don't. Really, I can't yeah. remember um, who was on it. I, I can't remember because I was in Budapest. I was listening to it on the radio. Yeah. Um, but... You know that's a massive honour. So only three referees get that honour. County semi-finals. There's, there's, you know, there's two there, and they try to share the love around as well. But I think it's something that has to be reviewed, um, and 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 maybe as well. I don't know if there's a point structure or something too with that. Your performances are rewarded. You know what I mean. That the the best referees they ensure that they get the best games. Julian O'Dwyer was the junior referee. And he was the fourth official on Sunday for the senior final. Yeah. Um, Conor Everard was the referee for the county final last year he was the man on Sunday okay. um, I think Conor refereed the, the county final last year I'm pretty sure he did but do, do you know what I mean I think if you speak to the referees if you speak to most referees most referees can take it and I know they can because I've, I've, I've given it and you know, you take someone like David Hughes, like, he met me in a car park in Thomastown a couple of weeks back. He was after refereeing the Ballyhale-Bennett's Bridge game. He'd done a really good job on the game. And I was in the car with my kids and I rolled the window down and i roared out the window at him. I says, "Uh, ah, come on ref, you know, do it right or whatever, after the game. And he bursted out laughing. He came over to the car and he said, jeez, I thought we were finished with you, you fecker, you didn't say it like that. And then he was laughing and joking. But sure, like David would have listened pays no heed to me for 62 minutes of a game matches over you go over and you can chat to him. and I've often went over to Dave Hughes and I've asked him you've done this during the game or you've done that during the game and he'd explain to you why but if you go and talk to some of our most senior referees and ask them are they getting enough games is there a fair share of the games being divvied out the answer you'll get will shock you
0: Okay that's really I think a lot of people wouldn't know that could, could you expand a little bit more like because we talk about maybe people not being able to get the games because there's so many games on at the one time and if games are on at the one time you need more refs you would have thought naturally but why do you think they're not getting games and how damaging is that to the refereeing profession I suppose even though it isn't a
1: professional course. Well, well, like, but like for your own for your own mind and your own fitness levels and everything else you need to be going at the top level yeah. so imagine training every week with Shamrock's Ballyhale or training every week with the Lachlan Gales and never getting a game um, it's very hard to keep you motivated and keep you going along but what's happening is I think there's a lot of referees and the county board tries to give everybody a game or two it's a bit like you and I'll and I, I put it back to you this way Robbie yeah. you're managing the sports team here and you have <laughs> no genuinely yeah. but you have 10 or 11 analysts you do yeah and next thing Shamrocks Ballyhale play O'Loughlin Gales everybody wants to do it but you can only have one commentator and one analyst and in fairness to you you brought in the pitch side stuff which was great but true and true there's 4 or 5 people not going to be doing it next yeah. week in 2 weeks time Shamrocks Hale will play Mount Leinster Rangers Brendan will be commentating on the game and there'll be one analyst on the sideline with him you've 10 analysts 9 are going to be disappointed do you know and I, I, I don't mean it like that. It's not that yeah. simplistic, but same with the referees. So there's there's six championship matches on at the weekend. There's only six referees getting the game, and everybody wants the referee to be game. Yeah. The referee, your club referee, I don't know who your own club referee. Emeralds club referee is Peter Burke. Um, you know the the O'Loughlin Gales referee. I can't think of his name now as well. But every club has their own ref. So. Shamrock's Hale's ref, John Kennedy, he couldn't he'd referee gone, the county yeah, final. Yeah. He can He couldn't referee the county final yesterday because Shamrock's Ballyhale yeah. were in it. Like or the last six years. <laughs> uh, no, this is yeah, it. You yeah, know? Yeah. So he's not getting any senior county finals because yeah. of Shamrock's Hale yeah. are in them. Um, and likewise, you know. But but then you know you keep soldiering on. You you know hopefully get to intermediate games and whatnot. You know you'd probably live in the in the, in the background. Imagine being him saying, "If they don't get to the county final, I might get the referee." Yeah, yeah, it, like, yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he'd prefer them to be in the county exactly, final. Yeah, he would. But. There's only six games so they're appointed based on that but I think what might happen and I don't know because I'm not on the selection panel but I think what might happen is to try and make sure everybody gets a game or two and then it's picked on and we will move it on and we we'll give him four or we we'll give him five or we we'll give him three and all that but I would I would have I'd wager any bet you want that you're losing more referees because they're not there's not enough games. I'm not on about league games, I'm not on about league championship matches, I'm not on about, you know, the friendlies at started the year, the the the, the Tony Forrestals and all these tournaments. I'm on about whatever you call the Yoke we won last year, I can't think of the name of now, the, the oh, Kevin yeah. Fenley and all them I'm not on about them games. Yeah. I'm on about Shamrock's Bally versus James Stevens in a county semi final or you know, they're the games the referees are training all year yeah, to get yeah. And I, I honestly feel those referees are stepping away from the game because they're not getting awarded them games.
0: Just to touch on something that you brought up there a little bit earlier, you said maybe that I don't, I don't know exactly what you said now, but something around are they being picked based on performance? Because uh, I suppose to use the comparison you made with kind of how we pick teams here on KSLR, uh, I would obviously pick the commentary team, but always in my mind I pick it for the benefit of the listeners however cliche that might sound but it's the truth because uh, obviously they pay my wages Um, should referees be picked to the benefit of both teams and do you think that's happening enough
1: I don't know Um, I don't know if it's happening enough it is what should happen but I don't know if it's happening enough and I don't know if that's in the process Um, like Sunday's referee you needed somebody that was going to be vastly experienced because it was going to be such a high, tense game. You needed somebody that was going to allow a little bit of physicality without letting it get carried away. And you got that. OK? And you, you needed somebody that wasn't going to be whistle-happy because it would ruin it as a spectacle. Now, both teams, when you lose by a point, you walk away from the game disappointed. It's a simple fact. Oh, yeah. and, and this is what it comes back to. I remember Brian Cody being interviewed by... Marty Morrissey all them years ago when Marty <laughs> Morrissey said nine, yeah. was it a penalty and he said are we going to analyse every decision yeah. and he's right now at the time I remember thinking you know just just tell him it was and move on yeah. You know, or tell him the Premier League one oh I didn't get to see it <laughs> you know from where I was yeah. but the simple fact of the matter is I, I don't know I, I feel the referee that was appointed for the county final on Sunday was refereed because he had two or three and now in my head this is why he's refereeing it because he had two or three of the box ticked that he was going to fill that mould I don't know if that's how they selected him though that's how they should have selected him, mm. but I don't know if that's how they ended up with him. But fair juice to him. And you'll have lads that he'll have his critics. Every single person that pull on a jersey on Sunday will have a critic. They'll have someone telling him that he should have done this or should have done that. You know, I heard a fellow years ago saying to be buried upside down, he wants to be buried upside down with his butt in the ear so his critics can kiss his arse <laughs> when he's dead. Yeah. And that's that's a fact. But what I would say is it's just it's not just that game, that's one match, that's a county final, it's the whole season all them championship games, have a look through the cards, have a look and see where some of our best referees have just been overlooked. And I don't know why that reason is.
0: Uh, I want to be careful with what I say next, but sometimes what can happen in any walk of life, but with refereeing especially, one or two bad refs can kind of tarnish the the entirety of them within a community say or within a county and I don't mean bad in terms of their performance levels that can happen everybody makes mistakes I think uh, you know sometimes we all go over the top as you were saying Eddie but I think in the cold light today we're willing to accept that humans make mistakes whether they be referees or not some of their I suppose behaviour it can come across as a player I, sp- I say this as a player now um, I haven't played Hurden in a while but in- as, a, as a sports person um they can come across a little bit arrogant at times. Yeah. Do you, think they, do you think there needs to be more communication between all the stakeholders? Players, management teams, county boards, uh, club boards, and referees, where they come together and go, the referees go, look, this is unacceptable. Players cannot do this. If they do this, this is the punishment. Or fans cannot do this, this is the punishment. But then the other side of it, which seems to be a bit shut off in, in all sports, I have to say, players... Coaches all the, can can kind of table their annoyances and the fact that look, we've no issue with referees making decisions. We've an issue with the way that you behave when we question that decision. And again, this isn't all the referees, far from it, probably a very small percentage. But I do think it's a fair argument. I think a lot of people would agree with me, even though it's not spoken about a lot.
1: Yeah, see, the problem is you can't say anything anymore.
0: That's what I mean, yeah. You'd only be af- I'd be afraid to say that now, Seth.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's 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 the simple fact of the matter. I, I, I remember at a match a few years ago, Um, we caught a ball in midfield, we losing by a point. Caught a ball in midfield, the ball got drilled in over. Our full forward was getting absolutely destroyed yes. he was getting killed by the full back so it was a certain like I'm looking and I'm waiting why are you not blowing this whistle I was going bananas but literally just as my full back broke or my full forward broke free from the clutches of the full back the referee blew the whistle and gave it free and we were straight in for a goal and I lost the head we were about to bury a goal in the back of the net and we had to come back and take a 21 yard free Yeah, and I went mad and at half time I was still going mad I was going mad for two minutes I just snapped Yeah. And at half time I went to the referee and I said, what the F was that? Yes. And he said, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I made a mistake, Eddie. I'm sorry. It was a split-second decision. And when he did, I just thought, I'm being an idiot here. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, no, you're dead right. And he said, look, you'll make mistakes. I'll make mistakes. But there was no intent. And I just I never spoke a word for the whole second half. Never gave out, never said anything. I was yeah. just so embarrassed. But what he done was, he showed me some respect he explained to me his decision and how we got to that decision and we move on Yeah, that doesn't happen at any level and what happens then is it becomes provocative I shout out what's that and you wave your hand at me yeah it's all that nonsense isn't that it that drives me bananas Yeah, why, why can't we have we have four officials that are wired up already so why can't we have a situation you don't stop the game at all you don't slow the game down but if I'm going to do lally why can't you have a situation where the four official says to the ref they're cracking up over that one and the ref says, tell him it was a chop, tell him it was a late tackle, tell him it was a high tackle. That's it. The fourth fish turns around and says it was a high tackle, it was a chop or whatever. Because we sometimes see it different. But I think if the lines of communication were opened up a bit better, it would make it so much easier for everybody involved. It'd be much more transparency, yeah. And it takes a bit out of it. The other thing that we don't get to see what's going on is the umpires behind the goals talking to the refs you know we don't know what's being said there or what's happening and the you know, referee is totally reliant on his umpires making calls and some of them calls are absolutely massive like like the referee had given a penalty for Ballyhale and it was overturned to become a 21 yard free against Dixborough uh, Dix- sorry he given yeah. a t- Dixborough penalty yeah he given a penalty against Ballyhale initially. a
0: penalty initially yeah.
1: yeah and then it was overturned and rightly overturned. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But how that process, we got to that, we weren't privy to that. It's all done cloak and dagger and stuff. And I'm not saying that we should all be wired up to hear what the umpires are saying and the whole lot. But I think something clear, very simple to tell us, you know, now obviously we worked it out on the day that we knew what had happened. But I've seen it, you know, numerous times where umpires go in and talk to refs. The next thing is red cards fired out and stuff. And I think management needs to be told your player got a red card because the umpire informed me that he struck him, or he done this, or he done that, and 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 then you have something. But um, and then the other thing that could happen as well is after games, you know, the following week, if there's a situation in a game, if something's happened, that there's an open delegate, open discussion, like bring in a manager and a referee and let them sit down and talk it through. Like you know, it doesn't always have to be a big battle. Like,
0: yeah, well, this is what I'm talking about in the sense that look, you'd wonder how useful this will be because a referee will make a decision and some people will just snap anyway, but in terms of the protocol on how to approach a referee, from both ends. So the manager knows, right, I can't lose the head here. If I lose the head, the referee can hand out this punishment. I've been told this in January and I know it for the entirety of the year. So I'm going to approach the referee very calmly, very nicely, clear, concise communication. Mr. X, why did you make that decision? We feel it was wrong. Here's why we feel it was wrong. And then the referee, instead of doing what happens... In some cases, where they, they as you say, to give the arm or to shrug you off, or to say "get out of my face" or whatever it might be, they're very abrasive and um, kind of they almost don't even acknowledge you as a person. to feel sometimes they they go up to the manager and say, "Look, Mister Y, uh, this is why I made that decision. You might think it's wrong, but within the rule books, I believe it's the right decision to make. We're going to proceed with a free, and everything is a little bit more open and nice and less sort of." Both sides are thinking, what way is he acting there? What way is she acting? Can we not do that, do you think? Is that something, do you think, that is useful or would be doable? Or do you think, ultimately, it doesn't really matter how we approach the situation? There's always going to be that massive gap in between... One side and the other.
1: There's look. It's it's about trying to close up the gap as much as we can. There's always going to be a bit of it. Um, tensions are going to run high in games. That's going to happen. Um, there should be a mechanism. The problem you have at the moment is no one's allowed to question anything. And even players on the field, when you have a player on the field and he's being fouled and he says, "Ref, your man's pulling my jersey," and the referee says, "Shut it." Yeah. You know that's 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 not nice either. I I can tell you now. I've had. I've had referees call me big fella on the line shut up and tell me to F off and the whole lot I've had that done to me over the years no problem at all if I did it the other way around um, you'd be reading about it in the Sunday World um, so I think look the refs get a hard time and they do get a very hard time but I definitely think that there should be some form of a mechanism in place that we're all a little bit more open to discuss I think that you know that we can have chats during the game without going mad I am not. I don't want a rugby situation where he's coming over and you have a Nigel Owens and it's all about him or that Barnes fella no, you know I, I couldn't that's sick of me now but what I would like is, is just a little bit more transparency on the day decisions th- there should be a mechanism or a manner to con- communicate yeah. you're not going to always have fourth officials and stuff you'll have them at county finals you won't have them at round one of the league yeah. or whatever you know so look the refs have a tankless job they have it really really hard we know that Um so do the players you know the 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 O'Loughlin Gales players have a great situation at the moment where they're out celebrating winning the championship The Shamrocks Valley Hail lads have the exact opposite of that one um. but they all put in equal efforts and they all try their best and I know the referees all try their best as well but back to the point I was making is we're losing more referees at the moment because they're not getting games than we are because of abuse and all of it because it's, it's not that bad you're on about two, three, four cases which one case is too many there should be no yeah. Tolerance of it at all, uh, anything off the game. As in, uh, on a match day, there's a certain amount of stuff you're going to get. That 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 goes at the turf. Right? Yeah, it was crossing the line. But there's region? a line there, and I yeah. think anyone crossing it shouldn't be tolerated. You okay. know, but it's 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 an interesting scenario we find ourselves in.
0: Certainly is. I uh, will end on a high note, Eddie. Uh, final word on O'Lachlan's a uh, lot to look forward to,
1: but to look back on an incredible year for the club. This is it. Um they've won Leinster titles in the past. They need to try and go and get one further. Um they'll want to win Leinster first, but they'll they'll really give this All Ireland series a crack. I think um I think it's great. The All Ireland series is wide open there. Tipperary champions. Bally Gunner are obviously going to be there in the long grass. Um, I think Napier she won in Limerick, Limerick the other the age, day. Yeah. Um, St Thomas's have won six in a row. Nafina won in Dublin. I think that's their first championship. Ever, yeah. um, So, you know, that's an exciting time. And they didn't half win. Like, they absolutely they went bananas. Yeah. So, um, there's lots to look forward to. For us on Casey it's so exciting to have a situation where we're going to have Mount Neistar Rangers coming up against O'Loughlin Gales I know I'm going to be heavily favouring O'Loughlin Gales in that game and that's, that's I'm allowed to um, I'm a pundit that's, that's what you're there to call but I actually think O'Loughlin Gales could have a, could have a massive rattle in this year's All-Ireland series if, if they really go for it and I hope they do because I just think it'll be brilliant um, for them to do it but you know it's about winners and, and fair juice to them they've dethroned the greatest club team of all time and let them enjoy the celebrations Yes, exactly. It. Uh,
0: congratulations to Auckland Gales. They are the 2023 Kilkenny Senior Hurling Champions. Uh, we will have our Player of the Year pick and our Senior Team of the Year next week. The way we're going to do that, as we said earlier in the podcast, is by putting the nominations up on our social media pages and then you will have to vote and then we will name the team and the player next week. So please do cast your vote if you're at all interested in uh, getting to the right Team of the Year and Player of the Year in your own estimate. That was the latest edition of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or anywhere where you do your podcast listening. And as I said, we will be back next week. The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Skelly and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLOR and scoreline.ie.